This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well. That we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening. You're season two. Today's guest is Julie Fournier. Julie is the CEO and founder of Basketball is Psychology. We talked to her today about mental health, how we can operate in that space as coaches and leaders, and to be more aware of what our players are going through. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Julie. Thanks so much for having me. No, I, I, it's been a long time coming. I reached out and, uh, and I was in hopes of interviewing you because of what you've been doing in this space of yeah. basketball and psychology. You know, your website is basketballispsychology.com. Uh, you have a great following on Twitter. Uh, and that's how uh, you came across my timeline. And I thought, you know what? Uh, I have a huge affinity for the, for the science and the study and the discipline of psychology and, uh, and why, you know, kind of just, you know, as we spoke earlier, it's not necessarily to figure out why people do what they do, but to get an idea of why people do what they do. And uh, this is really, really something that intrigues me. So I do appreciate you coming on to share with us. Yeah, I'm excited. So, so Julie, I keep wanting to call everybody coach, but Julie, uh, how are you introduced to the game of basketball? So my mom was a cheerleader and my dad was a surfer. So it wasn't like it was passed down, but, yeah. um, one day at the YMCA, they took us into the basketball court and I still remember my first shot. Like it was love at first sight. So <laughs> nice. from that day, like I just fell in love with the game. Wow. So, you know, you said, you said something there cheerleader surfer that's like okay outgoing exciting fun and then risk taker complete risk taker i mean i i have a i don't know i think about surfers when i go to the beach right obviously and uh i just think wow those guys are really really you know risk takers that's what comes to my mind so that's interesting so yeah sure so julie what was your experience as a player? So I guess from that day, I kind of decided I wanted to play basketball for as long as I could. And I was just going to go as far as that took me, whether that was, you know, just high school or college or WNBA or overseas. Um, so I played throughout high school and then went JUCO. And now I'm at Colorado Christian University still playing. Nice. That's awesome. So that's a, that's a, that's a great kind of, uh, kind of segue into kind of like your mission with this whole thing in that, you know, via your website, you know, stating your mission is to strengthen the minds of those who love basketball. And, Mm -hmm. and that is to me, uh, so central to the idea of mentorship, of leadership, of guidance, of all those things that we um, predominantly coaches that are listening are really needing to be, I guess, focused on more and mm-hmm. co- cognizant of, uh, given that, you know, here you are 
still a current player, still in it to win it. And uh, you're aware of how much that needs to be kind of uh, the gospel at times for certain, mm -hmm. certain spaces. And so that's great. That's really good. Uh, you know, like you hear on your website, again, you talk about training body, skill, and mind. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we're all, we're telling you, and you know it, your coaches are saying, hey, get in the weight room, knock it out, get you some, get some good cardio, sure you're eating right, sleeping right, all that. And then skill work. Yeah, of course, you got to get better at the game. But I, I think here again, from your perspective, you're thinking, okay, what about the mind? Where's, why is that taking a backseat? And, mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes it should take, it should be the number one goal is to develop our minds first. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it is. How, how do you, you know, here again, how do you feel about that? Like as far as, you know, what specifically drew you to the psychology of basketball? Yeah, so I kept hearing my coaches say, it's all mental, it's all mental, or it's 90% mental, or, you know, all this stuff about how mental it was. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's all mental, why don't we spend any time working specifically on like our minds, on the mental side of the game? And um, so as soon as I graduated high school, I started reading a book a week. And most of them were like by successful basketball coaches like Gina Oriema, Pat Summit, Coach K. And I thought, I was expecting to read about, you know, their strategy and the X's of O's, but I kept noticing a theme that like, okay, what's made these guys great coaches is that they really understand the psychology. Yeah. So that's kind of what drew me in because I started to see how important it was um, while hearing my coaches say it's all mental and recognizing that, you know, there's not really a brand out there who's helping players with the mental side of the game, even though, you know, we talk about the importance of it all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I experienced that with one of my former players back in about 2016, where he told me, Hey coach, I'm, I'm going to see a sports psychologist. And then, you know, my ears went, Boop, you know, like, oh, tell me more. How's this, what is mm -hmm. this, you know, what's this about? Yeah. And, and it was one of those things where his parents had reached out to me on numerous occasions, like, Hey, can you talk to him? Cause he's really, trying to process some things and, you know, without going into detail, you know, he just really needs somebody to help him, you know, talk these things through. And then, you know, they, they progressed into getting a sports psychologist. And I, you know, the more I've been into this kind of, I, this journey as well as trying to figure out mental health, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as far as my players are concerned, uh, you know, then I come across these uh, mental skills coach, mental performance coaches, and now I see the need for it more than ever with the different generations coming up because mm -hmm. they're so, you know, there's a, they talk about millennials all the time, right? And there's a knock on them for whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I, I tend yeah. I, I tend to disagree with a lot of it because I've coached a lot of millennials and, and I'd be scared that they'll take my job. That's how good they mm -hmm. are at, at, at different things. And so I, I think about this next generation coming up and I think the mental is so much more important. Uh, connecting mm -hmm. relationally, emotionally, uh, even spiritually at times. Uh, there's yeah, gotta, there's got sure. to be that connection. So how important is, is it for us as coaches to consider mental health of our, of our players? Yeah, I think the old saying, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care is so true. Yeah. Like you are not going to get the most out of your players unless 
you care about them as a person and not just as a player. Um, we are living in the age of anxiety. So like one in five people are currently struggling with mental illness, but for athletes, that number is one in three. So our mental health like affects how we think, how we feel and how we act. So I think considering that and understanding like the statistics and how much more prone athletes are like has to be a coach's priority. Yeah, no, you're, you're saying there within that context, like how somebody, you know, how their mind goes is where their body's going to go. Right. Because the mind, the mind tells what the body, what to do. And, Mm -hmm. And we kind of jokingly say, Oh, they're in their fields but their feels really do matter. Mm-hmm. We, can't, yeah. we can't just say like, like you have a hundred website, just suck it up and get over it. Like the, mm-hmm. those days are almost over. They're pretty much over yeah. of just suck it up and do it. Because I said, there needs to be more time to help them process what you're saying, why you're saying it. And then mm-hmm. as well, how are they responding to what you said? Feedback, mm-hmm. all that. So that's just really, really important. So, what specifically can we do to be more proactive within the development mentally, the mental development of our players? I mean, I think that's why basketball and psychology exists. So I would say just sharing ball is like content. I mean, like not in a narcissistic way. I just truly believe it can help. So like, I remember um, when I first started posting blogs, I was like, get texts from my old high school teammates and they'd be like, Oh, my college coach just, you know, showed us this content. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like you printed out my blog, but I think it's really cool when coaches are like actually committed to like, Hey, read this article. It's going to help you develop mentally. So, I mean, I think that's, that's why I do what I do to give coaches a resource so they can help develop the players mentally. And it's a great help. To be on, to be honest, and to and to be completely, you know, transparent. I'm always looking for ways to, you know, in literature for for players, even if they're not my own players, to just kind of open up their minds and sometimes empty their minds, because that's another part mm-hmm. too where they're con- everything's contending for everybody's attention, right? So mm-hmm. like right now, especially at this time, Netflix, Netflix, uh, 2K, 2K. Uh, yeah. Netflix again or Disney mm-hmm. or Disney plus for some people. It's, it's just, yeah. it's just one of those things where so many distractions, so many, uh, so much information, you know, if somebody's sitting down watching, you know, whatever news outlet they watch, if they're constantly watching that, my God, I wouldn't even want to know what's going on in their head. Uh, yeah. know, just how they're sure. processing it. So just, I, I just, I have so much of a, a, a respect for you for, for, for releasing anything that you've released on your blogs, on Twitter, on your website, because that's, uh, that's really showing you care, first of all. And, mm-hmm. then, yeah. and then, and you know, weaponizing us as coaches and players and parents, especially parents, I think. Parents mm-hmm. are the ones who, who can really, really get through their, their kids, even more than sometimes us as coaches, even though we may have them for mm-hmm. a, 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 a short period of time. But it's uh, it's one of those things where parents can really get involved. So, mm-hmm. how about coaches and our own mental health? What do you what, what is your uh, I guess you know idea on that? Like, how can we as coaches focus more on our mental health? Because I don't think that's a focus either. 
Yeah, great point. Um, I think leaders leading on empty do not lead well at all. Wow. So as coaches, you know, we kind of glorify this like, oh, I woke up at four in the morning and I stayed up all night watching film, but it's like, have you taken care of yourself? Have you taken that time to fill yourself up? Wow. And I think you are the expert on you. So you have to figure out what fills you up. Like for me, I have to have my quiet time and my devotional with a cup of coffee in the morning. Otherwise I'm not going to be at my best and I'm not going to be able to love and serve others well. So I'd say figure out what fills you up and don't try to lead on empty. It's not effective and it's going to catch up with you. You know, I, I've experienced something like that about two years ago where it was, I wasn't getting enough sleep. You know, I was kind of running myself into the ground. Then, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I wound up in the hospital. And so it's like, I was, you know, and I thought I was taking care of everybody else. I mm, thought that, yeah. that I was being all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And I was never taught to do that yet. Mm-hmm. I navigated to or gravitated to that idea because I put some unnecessary pressures, stress, whatever the case may be on myself. And, mm-hmm. and it cost me now. It didn't cost me my life. It didn't cost me a whole lot of other things. However, it did cost me time and I can't get that time back. It did. Mm-hmm. It did cost me a certain way of living where I had to adjust my eating, my sleeping, uh, and all these things, right? So it's mm-hmm. like you got to count the cost of what it's going to cost you to not take care of yourself. You have to think yeah. about it, what are you willing to sacrifice for not doing the things you should do mentally, spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically to keep yourself, like you said, uh, not on empty. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's such a great point, like to not lead empty because you have nothing to give after that. So mm-hmm. really, really, really good stuff. So I... You know, the mind, it gets so complex, yet sometimes we we think we simplify it for people, especially our players. Like, just, get, you know, grab your ears and get your head out of it. You know what? And so, like, that whole concept of just, I think there's a time and a place to say, just do it, right? As coaches, mm-hmm. we just say, hey, just get back on defense. Don't don't ask why. Just That's what you're supposed to do. Block mm-hmm. out. Block out. You know, that's what you're you know, go for every, you know, all that stuff. But then there comes a point where in our minds, we're not considering other people's capacity. And, Mm -hmm. and so I would ask you this, how powerful is the mind when it comes to thoughts, feelings, and emotions? Oh, it's, it's so important. And I think, you know, that speaks to like relationships because like for everyone, it's different. Like, you know, what you say to one player might be offensive to another player and one player might, you know, catch on to things really quickly where other players might be like super hard on themselves already. So if you tell them something like, then they're just going to shut down. Yeah. But yeah, the mind is so powerful. Um, you know, I like to think of it as the mind being like a programmer and your brain is like the computer. So your thoughts are going to like, program your brain and that actually will change how you feel and how you act so the mind is like the most powerful thing when it comes to our actions you know we talk all here again talk about exercising our bodies exercising our uh, you know do, trying to get our skill up uh you know just always trying to be better but i think mm-hmm. exercising the mind i 
there's got to be something we can do to be better for uh, the people we serve. You know what I mean? Like as coaches, mm-hmm. as coaches, it's servitude. That's it. If you're not mm-hmm. looking at it from that perspective, you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but I've been doing it for 25 years. So I just, I just don't think I am. I don't know. But, but it's like, uh, you know, what are we considering in all this and how are we considering our players and all this? And so, yeah, thoughts, feelings, emotions, so huge because mm-hmm. that in the, in the, and you know, cause you're still playing, you know, your, yeah. your emotions yeah. sometimes run wild during a game, mm-hmm. your elation or dejection, your feelings about what's going on. You miss a free throw. You still got one more left and there's 0.5 seconds left, you, you know? And your thoughts, yeah. your thoughts about where you are in the flow of the game uh, also can affect you. So I think that's, yeah, super important, knowing that the mind is that powerful to kind of dictate and to remember that it dictates everything that happens. It doesn't, it's, not, mm-hmm. it's not happenstance. That's, that's, right. a, that's a silly, right. it would be a silly way of thinking about it. So, mm-hmm. so Julie, kind of given the new normal that we're in, and it's unfortunate that we're in this new normal, to be quite honest, but... Uh, how can we, you know, what can we do to stay connected and mindful of those that we serve? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. I think that's so relevant. Um, which Zoom and social media and FaceTime, like, I'm so thankful that we have those resources. So, yeah. you know, we can stay in contact with teammates and players and stuff like that. But when we do check in on them, um, I say stop asking how are you doing as a rhetorical question or like taking, you know, good as an acceptable answer. It's like actually say, how are you doing emotionally? How are you doing mentally? You know, make it okay not to be okay. Um, And you hear a lot of coaches right now saying this is a great time for growth and rest, which for some it is, but for others, this is a restless and stressful time. So like oftentimes in the world of athletics, we equate, like a face of stone and not showing emotions to strength and emotions are seen as weakness. And that can't be our message right now. Like some people are genuinely like depressed. This is not easy for them. So I think a great way to stay connected and mindful is by not making assumptions, not just assuming everyone has plenty of time to work out and rest, but actually ask open-ended questions like, Maybe a player's parents got laid off and now they have to pick up extra shifts bagging groceries. Like genuinely like take interest in their well being and hear them out, like listen to what they're going through. That's great. I think I think really what we uh I felt to do at times as a coach, I don't wanna say I don't wanna generalize everybody. However, I think it's that there's a high percentage that vulnerability is not really the thing. You know, it's like you're talking mm-hmm. about stone face. Like, yeah. Don't let them see you cry, you know, all that whole mentality. Yeah. And uh, wherever it came from, whatever, it's, this is the new normal now. I believe in coaching is you got to show vulnerability and you got to show that you care. Mm-hmm. And like you're talking about asking open-ended questions. That's fantastic because that's part of your messaging as well. You're messaging without having mm-hmm. to give a message. You're saying, hey, I care about what you actually think how you're processing this and how you feel mm-hmm. uh, without having to say, Hey, this is how I, you know, without giving a spiel about it. You just, you know, mm-hmm. you show how much you care about what you're asking. 
So yeah, right. I love that. Ask open-ended questions and kind of, yeah, don't, don't be satisfied with good, fine, steady, yeah. maintain, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because that's also a lack of vulnerability on the other end. But we as coaches, right. we as coaches, if we're having a hard time with vulnerability, can't imagine our players, you know, unless we're getting, we're going to a deeper level with them, then they'll definitely go to that vulnerable place with us. We have to earn that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think as athletes, like, we want to act tough. Like, yeah, this isn't bothering me. I'm fine. Like, this is, I'm tough. I don't need any help. Like, I got this. But genuinely giving them the space to say, like, if you're not, that's okay, too. And I'm going to be here for you, and I'm going to listen. Yeah. How? I want to ask you this question because you're talking about, you know, kind of coming to terms with the reality of what it is that, players, even coaches, and, and just general society may be going through in that we admitting that we're not okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, how, how would you, I guess, respond to somebody that says, you know what, I'm not okay. Things are not okay. How would you respond to that? Yeah, I think oftentimes people need love and acceptance a lot more than they need advice. Um, yeah. One of my favorite psychology professors always says, People need your presence more than they need your profundity. So oftentimes we're like, uh, I don't think I want to hear this person, you know, tell me that they're doing bad when, cause you're scared. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to have the right words to say, but I would say, don't focus on yourself. Don't focus on, you know, giving them advice and trying to sound profound because that actually makes it about you. Just make it about them. Ask them the open ended questions and hear their story and just being there and validating their feelings just saying gosh that's hard like and that sucks this is tough like that's going to do so much for them so don't worry about being profound worry about being present with them wow being in the moment presentness i mean that's all huge but i like mm-hmm. i like what yeah. you're saying you're saying to kind of go about it it almost as if they lost a loved one there's grief, mm-hmm. you know, what do you say to somebody who lost their parent, who lost their brother, sister, a loved one? You can't say anything at that moment to make it right. And so you let, them, yeah. you let them talk. It's on their terms that they're going to open up. You just be there for them, hand on the back hand, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Any mm-hmm. gesture is great, but your presence is even greater. So I think that mm-hmm. that's so key. I'm glad you said that because it, it that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of when somebody's at a loss. You're trying to tell mm-hmm. them, you're trying to say, hey, you know what? There's a brighter day tomorrow. Like, now in my mind, I'm thinking, they're thinking, shut up, leave me alone. Like, there's, you don't have yeah. to go through this. I have to go through it. And uh, yeah. so it kind of correlates to that. So, Julie, I, I, I really do appreciate you being on. And so my last question for you would be, what long-lasting impact do you want to have with your website, with your blog? And with basketball psychology, what's your long-lasting impact with that that you want? Yeah, I love that question. Um, Man, I want to leave people better than the way I found them. I want everyone who follows or subscribes or reads a Ballist Psych tweet to get a little closer to becoming the best version of themselves. I want people to believe in themselves, to understand that you are so much more powerful than you think you're stronger than you think and you matter and i think that the same things that make a great basketball 
basketball player makes a great person. So by using basketball as a vehicle to teach these psychological lessons, I think basketball and psychology will continue to serve people even beyond their basketball career. That's great. You know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And mm-hmm. yeah. out of the mouth speaks the issues of the heart and the heart and the mind. I like to believe sometimes they're connected to that degree. So mm-hmm. yeah, you take care of your mind, you take care of a lot. And so right. Julie, thank you so much. Could you give our listeners, you know, website address, Twitter, every, every medium that they can contact you on? Yeah, for sure. So my Twitter page is, or and Instagram is at ball is psych. And my personal page is Julie, the number four in I E R. And my website is basketball is psychology.com. Julie, thank you so much. I'm so glad we got to do this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, thanks so much. Yeah. And I'll definitely bring you back again. Uh, this has just been so great and so insightful. And so I really do thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me.